Welcome to episode 87 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I'm joined by Carrie from Texas. Now, Carrie has lost 97 pounds, but she gives herself a really hard time because she did not lose 100 pounds. And that mean girl voice in her head really gets on her about those three pounds she didn't lose. She is struggling to continue to lose weight at this point, and that mean girl in her head is really getting in her way. So we talk about how to silence your inner mean girl. Ready? Let's go. Hi, Carrie. Hey, how are you? I am doing well. Now, Carrie, tell me where you're calling from. Burleson, Texas. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too far outside of Fort Worth. Okay. Got it. Got it. And tell me a little bit about you because we've never really spoken before. We just chit chatted a little bit in Instagram. No, and I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been following you for a while now. You're one of my, I would say top pages that I look forward to seeing posts on. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, that makes me super happy. So Okay, so you've been following me for a while. You live in Texas. Tell me more about you. Tell me about your family and what you do. So I'm 35 now. I have a 12-year-old daughter. I'm married. Um, I currently work at an elementary school in the kitchen, feeding all the little kiddos. And that's, I mean, that's it. I've got dogs that take up most of my time because (laughs) I'm obsessed with them. And my, I have the one daughter, she's there. One's an Australian shepherd mix and he's big and fat. And the other one was supposed to be an Australian shepherd, but she's a little terrier and she's half his size, but she runs the show around here. Well, wait, how did that happen that you thought you were getting a big dog and you got a little dog? What happened? Because they looked the same when I, I got the big dog as a puppy and he was about a year, so we found her, and they looked exactly the same as puppies, and they told us, oh, it's an Australian Shepherd, and oh, then we get her, and she only grew half the size, but we love her. She's, oh, that's so funny. She's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I would have more dogs if my husband would allow it, so I'm- We're getting our very first dog. Really? Yeah. What kind are you getting? We're getting a mini golden doodle. Um, it actually, wow. it may have been born yesterday. We're number nine on a list for some breeder, for a breeder. And so the, uh-huh. the, they had two mama dogs. The one had her puppies yesterday and the next one is due to have her puppies in about two weeks. And then we get to choose from among these. And yesterday's little um, dog had six puppies. So as long as the next mama dog has at least three, we'll get to choose one of these. Oh, that's so exciting. This will be our first one. Now, Carrie, tell me, remind me what your question was. I think I said something to the effect of, I was, I was having a really bad day. So that was part of it. Um, I said something to the effect of I had lost quite a bit of weight, but was feeling very discouraged and defeated trying to keep it off and continue the process. So just out of, you know, it was a rough day. So I was, you know, usually those question boxes, nobody, either they don't respond or they give you a quick, you know, just keep going kind of thing. So I didn't really think (laughs) anything of it. And I was so surprised when you messaged me. Well, okay. So tell me how much weight have you lost over what period of time? So I was my heaviest in 2017. 
Okay. Um, I believe I was probably close to 315, if not more. Um, that was the last time I weighed myself. I was buying clothes that were a size, I don't know, 26. Okay. Um, and so I slowly started getting healthier, losing weight. I had some family involved in um, AdvoCare. So they kind of helped me learn about nutrition and food and, you know, things like that. So I started in January of 2018 and I joined a gym. Okay. And my gym is amazing and wonderful. And I've lost 97 pounds since then. Wow. And I, I never got to the hundred pound mark. I don't know. It's so frustrating to be that close, but Mm -hmm. um, I was my lowest in the beginning of this or beginning of 2020. I was down to a size 12. Okay. And I felt amazing and I felt really good and really great. And then all the whole world went crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think this last year has just affected me more than I realized. And I think I've gained probably 10 to 15 pounds back. And it's just been, you know, it's been challenging. I have a coach who is amazing. Her name is Jen and I love her dearly and she puts up with me a lot, but I don't know why I've just struggled this year. Yeah. I think, you know, um, I have, a, I have a trainer as well who has totally changed my life and I love them both, but oh, that's fantastic. This, you have a good team. Yeah, I do. I have a very great support system. I would not have made it this far without them and the people at my gym and my family. I just, this last year, I've just really, really struggled and I've gotten really good at not letting the number on the scale get to me because I don't, I mean, the number doesn't matter as long as I feel good and my pants fit and I really found that I love lifting heavy, but I think eventually the number started to creep up and eventually it gets to you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, losing 97 pounds is incredible. That is no small feat. And you did it over the course of three years. I mean, that's like 32 pounds a year. Like you did incredibly, incredibly well. Um, clearly you got something right here. Um, so that's exciting. And Thank you. a lot of people are in the same situation you are, Carrie, that this past year has, excuse me, I have to sneeze, <coughs> that this past year, um, they've really taken a hit in, in their ability to be consistent. I mean, wow, our world was just really turned upside down, right? And so the question is, what do you do now, right? You, you've lost all this weight. You want to pick up some, some momentum again, and you're just not being able to. When do you think was the last time you were, be able, you were able to be consistent with your diet? Was it right before um, uh, quarantine started in, in March? Is that when the last time you were really consistent was? Probably. I, I definitely use food as, even when we did the whole lockdown and the gym closed, I, I mean, I have a few things here and I worked out every day. I did not miss a workout. Even if I wasn't at the gym, I set up a little garage gym with, you know, cute little dumbbells just to make something happen. But it's always been the food that you know, I struggle with, or I overeat thinking it's okay. I worked out today or I did extra cardio. I can eat, you know, this bag of chips or cookies or whatever. 
Yeah. So you, you feel like even right now, like you feel like the fitness piece of it, you've got under control. You're still consistently working out. Like that's not a problem. That's not a problem. I love my gym. That's my stress relief. Those are the people that make everything better. So good. I okay. never miss the gym. Even so I got, I got Corona right after Christmas and I missed, I would say about three weeks of working out. So going back to the gym was my favorite thing. I couldn't okay. wait to get back. Well, that's that you've got that going in your favor, like that that piece has really clicked for you and it's not um, a stress. You actually like it. So, you know, here's what I want us to think about. Success leaves clues. You've clearly been very successful at losing weight. So let's think back to last January, February uh, time period when you were still doing really well. What were you doing with your nutrition that you think was working? When you think back and you're like, yeah, this I did and it helped me. Um, probably the one thing was seeing the scale go down, even if it was just a point two. If it went down, I instantly felt like what I was doing was right. And that would make me want to keep trying. And then I measured probably every single thing that I ate okay you know weighing every and that just I think it became overwhelming so I started eyeballing things or "Eh, that looks like half a cup you know what I mean because it does get overwhelming having to measure and plan and I pack you know you cook all the food on Sunday and you pack all the food for the week it just got overwhelming I think and then lockdown happened and I think I just said I'm at home you know, what do I need to meal plan for? Cause I'm at home. Got it. Got it. So you, two things you talked about there. The first one was that this, when you would see the scale go down, even if it was a little bit, that that was motivating to you and you wanted to keep going. Right. Right. Now that you can't, you can't right. directly control, right. You can't directly say like scale will go down, right. We've got to get you um, doing the actions that are going to help the scale go down, but you're, you make a good point in that motivation can often come from seeing results. And so what we need to do to help you get your groove back is to help you start seeing some results and that will feed on itself. Um, so let's figure out how we're going to do that. The thing you just mentioned, I think is so key. The idea that you were weighing your food and then you went to eyeballing it, you know, then all kind of heck broke loose. And if it feels overwhelming to you, there would be two things I would suggest to you about that. One, it doesn't have to be a commitment for for life. You're not going to say like, I now have to weigh everything I eat for the rest of my life. You could just do it for, you know, 30 days, 60 days and see how it goes and see what kind of results you get. That's one thing I'd say other thing I would say is to consider the alternative. Is it more overwhelming to start weighing your food again? Or is it more overwhelming to have this constant feeling of like, I am just not being successful at this thing I really want to be successful at? Right. Well, I, I agree. How do you feel? And I do think, I think I use food to deal with stress and you know, emotional eating, I would say I do that probably more than I need, more than I care to admit. And I think I, even if I do really good with my food, you know, if you're having a bad day, a few bites of this won't hurt, you know, but I think it does hurt. So I, I just, I mean, I feel like I know what I do wrong. It's just 
why has it been so hard for me to move past it, you know? Well, talk to me about this. When you were successful with losing weight, what were you doing to manage your stress instead of eating? Because you you clearly weren't emotional eating that whole time or you wouldn't have been losing so much weight, right? So what, what do you think changed or what can you remember that you would do instead of eating when you were stressed? or emotional? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I've worked pretty much the same hours. I do think I'm off in the summer. So I'm home during the summer. So not having that schedule definitely set me back. Mm-hmm. Sleeping all day, being up late, you know, I feel like I thrive better on routine. As much as I hate getting up, you know, at the crack of dawn, it's better for me. Mm-hmm. So I know the summertime throws me off and I don't know, maybe because so I was measuring everything and I was so dedicated to tracking. I didn't, you know, I made sure to, you know, measure out my sweet at the end of the evening and that's what I could have. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I made sure to factor that in and then I stopped. So, you know, right now, are you at a point in your life that you have a schedule? Like is school in session, like regular and you're going to work and all of the things? Yes. Okay. And I got a new, I'm the same basic job, just a different school. So this, I just spoke to my nutrition coach about it because it's been such a change. Um, It's the same basic job, but new school, new people, more responsibility. And it's been such a change and more hours. I don't know if my body's handling it well. And I have a lot of back problems that I've had to deal with going to the doctor for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if medication can slow weight gain or weight loss down. And I think I've been trying really hard the last few weeks to measure and to track and nothing's happening. The scale's not budging. I don't feel great. And I'm just, I think, overwhelmed. Have you still been in this period of time doing some of the emotional eating where you're not tracking all the things? Maybe a little bit, <laughs> if you want the Okay. Tea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, that, that's the key. Then. So a couple of things I would say. Your question about like the medicine. Of course, medicine can absolutely affect us. It's not going to affect you in that it will directly cause you to gain weight or stop losing weight, but can affect you in ways such as, Maybe you have increased hunger um, or, you know, um, uh, increased cravings, those kinds of things, specifically increased hunger. Um, So you, and you can rest assured, you can lose weight. So that's important for you to know, like you can still lose weight. Second thing I would say is when you start tracking and you're still doing the thing where you're not tracking at all, it really cheats you because you have the feeling of I'm trying so hard, I'm doing all the things and it's not working, right? And so you have this feeling because it's a lot of work to sort of track or to track most of the time or to you know almost be consistent with weight loss um, with those habits. But if you're not all the way consistent with them, it's really frustrating because you feel like there's something wrong with you or you're broken. And in reality, what it is, is, is you know, it's all of these times where you're not tracking it. Um, do you, so do you, you track calories? That's the system you use with your coach? We you yeah macros. You track macros. Tell me how many carbs, protein, fats. Got and what got yeah, and then I just I I mean I, I try to eat the best I can. 
and I just figure out the macros and eat what I'm supposed to eat. Got it. So getting a little bit of traction and getting you to see some success is is going to be key to you feeling motivated again. That's the weird thing about motivation. It doesn't, it doesn't just spring up on its own. You've got to like help it along. Sometimes it appears and you're like, oh yes, I'm ready to go. But oftentimes when we're in the thick of things, it's just not there and we can create it by what we do. And seeing some progress is one of the best ways to get motivated. Um, I really do think you saying to yourself, all right, I'm going to track everything I eat and drink for the next 30 days. And I'm going to see what happens. Um, is a really good solution, a piece of, it's not going to be the whole solution because then we really do need to talk about the emotional eating piece and we need to talk about how to actually set you up to stick with the tracking. Um, are you, are you open to taking that challenge of tracking everything you eat and drink for the next 30 days? Yeah. I mean, I, I got over the coronavirus. I was crazy sick. And then I told myself that once I got better, we were going to get serious. And okay. the last couple of weeks, I, I was just sick not long ago. So the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've done really well. And, you know, getting back into the swing of things and back into work. I think this is only my second week back to work from being sick. So I'm determined this time. Like, I want to see results. You know, I had my fun. Now it's time to get back on track. Okay, amazing. And so, and that's going to be you tracking everything, whether it's a little bit, whether you like, even if you emotionally eat, track it, right? So if you decide like, oh my gosh, like I just, I'm, I'm really upset and I'm eating the ice cream, track the ice cream so that you can have a really clear picture of what you ate. Cause you want to make sure that your expectations match your behavior, right? So you can know, like when you get to the end of the week and you're thinking like, oh, like I emotionally ate four times. It's probably not going to be me in a deficit this week. You can still get it around your head of like, okay, next week I'm going to try and emotionally eat fewer times. So even on those times, if you find yourself emotionally eating, let's have you track it. Does that sound good? That sounds good. Okay. And then let's talk about this emotional eating. What are the things that you most are triggered by? So like, what do you emotionally eat about? <laughs> well, let's see. Let's pull out my list. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it, I... I don't see, I've lost a lot of weight and I've lost a lot of inches. So I'm not at all what I used to look like. But when I look in the mirror, I still see the old me. And sometimes it's really hard to see, you know, I can say I'm, a, I mean, the pants I have on right now are a size 12. I used to wear a size 26. I'm half what I used to be. Mm -hmm. But when I look in the mirror, I don't always see that. And then that will get me discouraged because clearly I haven't come as far as I would like to have. And then that, you know, spirals the whole thing. You Got know? it. Got it. So one and of your, then, one you of know, your triggers is literally you, your body. Like you look in the mirror and you're not happy with what you see yet or the size of your clothes. And that's one of the things that causes you to emotionally eat. Yeah. Cause I still see the girl that was 300 pounds, you know, I mean, not all the time, but you know, there's days where you look in the mirror and you're just so disappointed and discouraged. And I try really hard not to compare myself to other people, but you can see other people making results or progress or, you know, look at their before and after and theirs is in a shorter amount of time. And why am I struggling so much? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it, it's, it's hard. It's absolutely hard. Do you, do, do you know anybody else who's lost 97 pounds? Not personally. I, I know, I mean, online, you see people online, but I've never met anyone. Okay. It really is an incredible amount of weight to lose. I, I don't think you, I feel like maybe you don't appreciate how far you have come and how much work that took. Like that wasn't by accident. Nobody accidentally loses no. 97 pounds, right? I only lost 97 pounds. Like only. Why do you, not why do you say that? Oh, because it's not a hundred. That really it's gets not you. Right? Yeah. That really gets you. Yeah. Interesting. Um, let me ask you this. So you're 12, you're, you're 12 year old. Is it a girl or a boy? It's a girl. Okay. So your 12 year old daughter, let's say like she studies really hard at school. Like she really wants to do well on this, this big project, you know, and she works all semester for it. And she comes home and she's super disappointed, like really disappointed um, about how she did. And then you see her grade and it was a 97 and not a hundred. What do you say to her? I would tell her how amazing she did and what a good job she did and how smart she is. And but mom, I, but mom, I did not get a hundred. I only got a 97. But it's pretty darn close to a hundred. I mean, you're like a hop, skip and a jump away. Well, what did I do wrong? Why did I get the hundred? What's wrong? What's wrong with me? Nothing. <laughs> it sounds yeah, crazy, I, right? It does sound crazy. <laughs> Do you realize that that's what you're doing to yourself? <laughs> well, now I do. Like 97 pounds and 100 pounds are like practically the exact same thing. Right. Like yeah. you, you, if let's say when you were at your top weight loss of 97 pounds, do you really think, think you three pounds less would have looked, felt, moved, been that different? No, probably not. Right? And like, I mean- with, with the scale, the scale can jump three pounds just because you drink an extra glass of water. You know what I mean? That is so. absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Here's the thing. Th this feeling is not going to go away just because you and I had this conversation. You're going to have to talk this mean girl out of your head over and over and over until she's gone. Like when this comes back up, because it will you need to be the person who says to yourself, Carrie, I'm not going to talk to me that way. Like, I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to allow myself to convince myself that 97 pounds wasn't good enough. I'm not going to allow myself to convince myself that I'm not good at weight loss or I can't do it. Or I'm somehow a loser at this. Like I'm very good at this. Clearly I've lost all this weight. Like you're going to need to keep talking that mean girl out of your head. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I mean, because and, and that really is the answer to it. It's not going to go away on its own. It's going to be something you're going to have to practice and you're going to have to practice over and over and over. Um, and I would suggest, and some people think it's crazy, but I would suggest having these conversations with yourself out loud. Right. I do it at the gym too, because I found that I really like lifting heavy and I set a goal to deadlift. 300 pounds and I think I did 295 and then I was like oh, but it's not 300 you know <laughs> and then I did 300 I did 305 on that what's that little the trap bar yeah Is that what it's called yeah I did 305 on that Amazing. but because it wasn't the regular bar 
I don't think I count it as being. You didn't, you didn't count it. You're no, really it's, hard it's on yourself. Deadlift. You're yeah. really hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because 305 on a trap bar is amazing. That's a lot of weight. And just because it's not the straight bar, you're like, eh, that doesn't really count. It doesn't count. That doesn't count. And would you say that to one of your gym friends? Would you be like, is that that how you'd respond? You'd be like, well, that was good and all that. That doesn't really count. (laughs) That's not a real bar, no. I would never. Could you imagine like saying that out loud to one of your friends there? No, I would never say that. And you wouldn't think it. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. you would be. And you need to be that person for yourself. You need to be able to pump yourself up and be like, what I just did was amazing. It was amazing. And look, if you still want to get a 300 pound deadlift with a straight bar, you can do it. You can keep working on it. But you you don't have to discount what you've already done to keep working on that goal. Right. And all of this like negative self-talk isn't serving you, Carrie. It's not helping you lose more weight to beat yourself up about those three pounds you didn't lose. It is not helping you lose weight to look in the mirror and think like I should be further along. That's not helping, right? You can see that, right? I can see it. And I, I mean, everything you say makes sense. <laughs> so let's, let's talk some about like what you're going to do, do them. So one thing I would like you to do is really practice this self-talk over and over. Okay. So that's one thing. Second thing we're going to have you do, 30-day commitment, track everything you eat or drink, including weighing everything you eat that is not either prepackaged with a barcode or like your greens. You're not, you don't need to be weighing your lettuce, right? We don't need to be that silly. Um, okay. So that's another thing I would have you do. And then the third thing, wait, I had another third thing. Give me a minute. I'm having a, a brain freeze here. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, we need to talk about how you're actually going to make that happen, right? So you have your macros. We know you want to track everything. How are we going to help you with this emotional eating piece? Um, When you want to emotionally eat, we need to help you think of other ways to manage those feelings. So we just talked about one, the situation with you, you look in the mirror, you don't like what you see. Your strategy there really can be this conversation with yourself out loud. Um, Tell me another thing that you emotionally eat about. Um, we, my, my family, I would say, um, without getting too in detail, there's always something going on, family drama, somebody's, somebody's upset about something or, you know, somebody's got money problem, you know, whatever it may be. I think I let that get to me. Um, my husband and I are on off, opposite schedules. Mm-hmm. So I never see him during the week. We're completely, we're strangers during the week. Um, mm-hmm. We don't even see each other in passing. Okay. And then it's only on the weekends that I see him, which I think it's, if I'm being totally honest, that's weighing on me quite a bit. And and so because you're I'm, I'm, I'm basically a single mom during the week. And oh, it's most of the time, it's been like this since we've been married. Um, he's always worked these hours. Um, my job has changed and my schedule has changed here and there. And like I said, I'm off in the summer. I follow the same schedule that the kids do. So I'm thankful for that. But sometimes it's just, you know, my daughter's 12, an emotional preteen. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes I think it weighs on me. And for some reason, lately, it's just been really, really hard. And 
I don't think I give that enough credit. I don't think I acknowledge how hard it is on me that he's not here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a and lot. You don't want to, yeah. And you don't want to tell, he can't help it. He's working. Um, yeah. And if he could change it, he would, but it's just, that's just the way it is. And most of the time I do fine. Most of the time I'm busy. I, you know, go to the gym, I come home, bedtime, it's no big deal. Um, but for some reason lately, I don't know if it's because we were just off for three weeks together because we all had to stay home because we were all sick. I don't know if being home with him for those three weeks and now it's back to him being gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that has something to do with it. I, I don't know if it's the new job, the new, you know, the more hours. I don't know, maybe all of it combined. So talk me through like the last time you emotionally ate, like what happened? Something, something happened. Like you were, was it one of these nights you're home without your husband? Did your daughter do something to stress you out? Were you feeling lonely? Like kind of talk me through what happened, what you were feeling and what you ate. Um, I would say the last time was probably about a week ago. Um, I think I had a bad workout just because I'd been off for three weeks. So I don't, you know, it takes a minute to get back in the groove. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're not going to come back in, you know, deadlifting what you did two months ago after being sick so I think my workout wasn't as great as I wanted it to be you know my back hurts I worked all day he's not here my daughter had some kind of meltdown and everything I do annoys her these days so I think all of it (laughs) I so relate (laughs) I think all of it was just like I'm trying so hard and I'm not getting anywhere so it's mindless eating um, and I don't have a lot of junk in the house, to be honest with you, uh, lots of yogurt and peanut butter and, you know, trying to keep it very clean in here. Um, so a lot of it's just mindless handful of, you know, tortilla chips or, you know, I buy healthy popcorn. Well, maybe I didn't weigh it and I ended up eating half the bag, not even thinking. I feel like I do a lot of mindless munching when I'm not even realizing that I'm doing it. Got it. Okay. So in a situation like that, um, the, the thing I would suggest to you is for the next couple of weeks, really start paying attention to when you have this urge to emotionally eat and start noticing these patterns. It seems like during the week, you're feeling lonely. You're feeling stressed because you have to deal with all the problems in the sassy teenager. Start kind of noticing what it is that brings about the desire to like, just grab that food, right? Note what it is, like write it down on your phone, like keep a running log of what what are the things and what are the things that you typically eat. Then using that information, come up with with an approach to manage it because you're still gonna have those feelings, right? And so when this happens, the, the first goal would be to just notice when it happens and notice like, oh, here it is again. Like I want to emotionally eat and then give yourself time and space to make a different choice. And you do that by putting the food away in the cupboard, leaving the room, going somewhere away from the food. Like don't walk away with the tortilla chips in your hand and give yourself <laughs> twenty minutes, right? Tell yourself in 20 minutes, if I still want the tortilla chips, I am going to go and have them. I'm going to give myself permission to have them. And then in that 20 minute space, you're going to use that 20 minutes to self-soothe in a different way, because that's what you're doing with the food, right? You're trying to like self-soothe the stress and upset and all of that with the food. And so to do that, you need to have something planned. So the other thing I want you to do is brainstorm ahead of time, 
two or three things that would help you feel better in a moment like that. And the things that might work are different for everybody. You know, for you, maybe it would help to like go outside and like, um, pet the dog. Maybe it would help for you to walk around the block. Maybe it would help for you to call your girlfriend. Maybe it would help for you to like go grab a kettlebell. You like to lift. Maybe it would help for you to like go do some hard lifting for just, you know, and it needs to be something you could do in the moment. It can't be something like that you need to leave your 12 year old home alone and you can't do that. It has to be something very practical that you could do that you can see that would help you feel better. Maybe it would be writing in a journal. Maybe it would be listening to music. Maybe it would be laying down all kinds of things. Brainstorm what you think would help you feel better in those moments instead of just food and make a running list of those. And then over time, you practice these things. You practice the waiting, you practice leaving the room, and then you practice using that 20 minutes to do whatever the things are that you came up with and see which ones work and which, which don't work for you. And that is an approach that is actually going to help you do two things. One, it's going to help you stop getting all these extra calories from the food, right? From the emotional eating. You're not even hungry and you're eating it. That's the Band-Aid. And two, it's going to help you um, deal with these emotions in a productive way because the food isn't helping anyway, right? It's not like you finished eating the popcorn and now your daughter's not still being sassy. Right. Like all of a sudden I'm not driving her crazy. Right. Right. You're still being the annoying mom to her. And so it helps us come up with a way you know, that's more productive to deal with whatever the situation is. And sometimes the situation that needs to be dealt with is like, there's a hard conversation that needs to be had, or there's like, it could be lots of things that need to to help, you know, but it gives you the space to deal with that versus covering it up with food. Right. I, I think that's a good plan. Okay, great. Well, I know we've covered a lot of ground here today. Um, you're going to have to re-listen to this so you can hear about all the things we talked about and all the things you've agreed right, and to And some try. of it's so, some of it's common sense and I just need to be told again. Don't we all, right? Like that's a whole, that's yeah. a whole lot of this fat loss process is just having it brought to our attention again. Like, oh, right. That's the thing I need to do. That's the, that's the thing that was working before. Because the reality is, Carrie, you have every reason to believe that you can be successful at losing the rest of the weight you want to. You have a lot of evidence to show that you can be successful at weight loss. You do. Oh, thank you. I need to remind myself of that. Yeah, absolutely. How much more are you hoping to lose, Carrie? Um, At this point, I don't have a number. I just want smaller pants. And I'd like to be able to see the muscle that I've spent so much time working on. I'd love be nice to see it and not just know it's there. Like I'm always telling everybody, you can feel it. It's under the fluff. <laughs> it's there. You, know it's it there. you just can't see it. Um, I, I would, I'd love to be able to fit into smaller. I mean, I know I don't have any desire to be, you know, rock hard abs or anything, but it would be nice to just be more confident and find, you know, be able to wear a dress and not feel like I look crazy and, you know, have mm-hmm. arms that resemble that I work out. I'd like for people to look at me and say, oh man, she worked out. So you want to, so, you want to look as fit as you feel like, you know, you're a strong person, you know, who you have all of this athletic ability and you want to look like that person. I do. I'd like to look like I work out. That's amazing. That's, and there's, there's every reason in the world for you to be confident that you can do that. Well, thank you. I just, I think I, I have such a problem with arrogance and people who are braggy and arrogant. So I, I think I go the complete opposite where I don't mm. want to brag or be arrogant about things. So 
there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. And I'm usually confident in myself. Like, I mean, I'm a confident, outgoing person. Yeah. I just, it's my inner, it's my, my self-talk that I think. Yeah. That inner mean girl, you need to talk yeah, back to her we more. Need to shut her up. We need to make her hush. <laughs> um, because you really do. You have every reason to believe you can be successful at this. You've been successful at it so far. So much, so much weight loss. You're so strong in the gym and there's just no reason you can't do this. So practice talking back to her and, you know, practice saying to yourself, talk to yourself like you would your daughter. If she's down, you do not kick her when she's down and you need to do that to yourself. You know, you need to talk to yourself the way you would talk to her. Got it. All right, my dear, thanks so much for coming on and we'll talk soon. Keep me posted thank on how this so all much. goes. All right. Thank you so okay, much. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.